Welcome back to JTalk Live. This is episode 18. In this episode, Blake and I interview the Director of Public Safety, Mike Reiner. Mike gives us an inside look on the process of Creighton shutting down campus. He talks to us about new additions coming to public safety that will impact students. And then he sheds some light on the case that we looked at earlier this year of the missing church artifacts. So you're going to want to tune into this one, episode 18 of JTalk Live. Obviously, right now we're so uh, involved and engrossed in the coronavirus. And can you sort of talk about Creighton's approach to shutting down campus, the quick response to that, and how public safety was involved in that decision? Sure. I guess the first thing, you know, it was right around uh, when you all left for spring break is when we really started, you know, seeing um, traction around the country that if we need, if we didn't get ahead of this quickly, um, you were going to see really exponential kind of growth. So um, I think both the state of Nebraska and Creighton as a university did the same kind of thing. We went, we went hard early. Uh, we made some decisions to limit the population. Uh, to limit the transmission risk. Um, and I think it paid off. Um, when you look at um, the growth here in Nebraska and even on campus, it's been, um, you know, slow additions each day. It's, it's not been the uh, exponential kind of growth that you've seen in other areas where um, you had rapid community spread. So we mm-hmm. wanted to really get the, the number of people on campus that are having that interaction um, in person. Um, both faculty, staff, um, and then, of course, students. Uh, it just wasn't a good move to take, you know, a couple thousand, you know, young, healthy students who just went all over literally the world. Yeah, exactly. Break. Just went on spring break, yeah. Yeah, and then have them all come back and bring everything with them back to uh, Omaha. That wouldn't have been good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a, t- it was a tough decision because, obviously, it has it's had tremendous impact, especially on, you know, seniors who had, you know, completely different vision of what their end of their senior year was going to be like. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody across the country is, is grieving that because it's, it's tough. You know, I have a niece that's graduating from uh, UNC, no graduation this year. Um, you know, it's, it's just really disheartening for a lot of people. Even just the fact that, you know, you, you went on your spring break thinking, yeah, I'll see my roommate when I get back. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden that's gone for a lot of people. So you know, it wasn't something we took lightly, but we felt that it was the best thing to do for the health of the, not just Omaha, uh, but specifically for Creighton. So when you look at what happened, yeah, we had uh, some people get infected. Um, I was one of them. And uh, thankfully, because we had these measures in place, it did not spread um, widely. And we were able to contain it through you know, all the social distancing, all the hygiene, all the things that um, the state and the city have been pushing. Now, my, my question, are you guys here in Omaha? I can't remember where no, you are. No, we are both in uh, eastern Iowa right now. Yeah, okay. Iowa boys. So uh, about five hours away, I think both of us, probably closer to four for Blake. I'm a little bit four, yeah. Following up with that, Creighton has taken a very proactive approach with the measures that we have now in place with Swanson Hall and I think yes. I am with yeah. Boyne Hall. 
housing those, uh, housing quarantined individuals. How did that, uh, were you involved in that decision at all? And how did that come to play with, uh, obviously a good thing for, for Nebraska Health? Yeah, so that's not a done deal yet. Um, so I can't go into a ton of detail, but yes, okay. the, the state came to us and said, hey, you know, we need, we need places for people who could potentially be large numbers of quarantined or isolated people. It could be healthcare workers. It could be mm-hmm. um, people who have family members at home that they don't want to uh, potentially infect. Um, it could be for a number of reasons. But right now, that's still in the works, uh, negotiating with the state. Um, I'm not directly you know, involved, but as a member of the critical response team, we're looking at how that's going to um, play out. I mean, when you look at all the, the people that had to leave things behind in Swanson and Mavloin, mm-hmm. um, that was a big, big job to get all that stuff packed and either stored or, or given back to the individuals that were nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, the idea was to hopefully bring people back in an orderly manner, have them, and we did that for uh, probably the last three or four days of March. Uh, but then, as as the state increased um, some of the restrictions, we started seeing a place like Kansas City and Chicago being listed as if if you come from those places, you're going to have to be quarantined uh, for 14 days. It just didn't make sense to bring more people into Omaha just to pack up. Uh, their goods. So uh, a team from Student Life has been working diligently uh, and they're working each with each student. So, you know, they're, they're talking to the student, making sure that um, they're videotaping uh, as they pack so that there's no um, chance for any mis, you know, misconduct or uh, breakage or anything like that. And then they're storing the stuff. Um, they'll be finishing up today, uh, but it's still up to the state when we want to activate a contract. Uh, and maybe Nebraska will never get to that point. Um, you know, maybe we won't have those large numbers, but we're prepared to do our part as, a, as an important part of the Omaha community. But Lincoln and UNO are also in the game, um, and they'll probably, to be honest, get people before we will. Um, yeah, Blake and I are both Swanson residents, so that was something that impacted both of us, but uh, it's definitely something that is positive. Thanks behind, yeah. Yeah, as far as uh, overall health is something that is important for uh, for the overall, I just community. hope that uh, we're doing bag checks for them when they're coming yeah. in. You know, making sure there's no alcohol, drugs, anything like that that they're bringing in. Uh, I got to be honest. You know, that was one of the things we had to talk about: is what do we do when we find mm-hmm. in people's rooms? Yeah, I, I saw the uh, they made it was like the amnesty policy, probably something like that, in the email or phone or something. But yeah, yeah I, I get that because I'm sure there are tons of kids just sweating. Just sweating yeah. at home thinking, oh, no. But, yeah. You don't want somebody coming back, you know, driving four hours to come to campus just to, to uh, pack up their Jack Daniels or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, I, uh, I came back the first week of spring break, like right when, right when we talked about or we got the emails that we'll be doing online for like the first till April, whatever, the very first issue. I came back and grabbed all my books and a cu- couple – some clothes too. And I just missed out on the opportunity to grab everything. I didn't even think about it, like to grab all, which stinks now. But I mean, the nice thing is, I think the people, like there's not a lot of stuff, essentials, like everyone brought their computers back and stuff like that. So it all worked out, I think. To kind of shift off of uh, the coronavirus, which is, like I said earlier, what we're all engrossed in right now, and to shift on to general public safety. 
Can you talk about some of the things that public safety does that doesn't get as much press? Like obviously when you think of public or when students think of public safety, it might be, oh, getting busted, getting cracked down on. But what are some of the other services that uh, Creighton Public Safety offers? I think probably the most underused and most valuable thing that we can do is just walk, uh, walking escorts. You know, mm -hmm. beginning of this past year, um, we tried to set something up with CSU where we would walk with people from the library back to the res halls at set times each night. I think it was like 11, 11 p.m. and 1 a.m. Nobody, nobody did it. I mean, literally nobody showed up for it. Um, so that didn't really work that well. We're always there. And, you know, what I guarantee people is that we will walk with you anywhere, anytime. That does mm -hmm. not mean we'll always give you a ride uh, in, a, <laughs> in a patrol car, but often we will. I mean, but if you call and like, just start, hey, give me a ride, you know, we're human <laughs> too. We're, gonna, we're not gonna mm -hmm. respond real well to that and we might just walk with you. Um, but if you, you know, if you call and say, hey, I'm going from, you know, the library and I'd like you to walk back with me up to uh, Hyder Hall at two in the morning, yeah, we'll walk with you. And if we have a vehicle, we'll probably just take you, for, you know, and give you a ride as long as you're not already out on a call. So walking escorts is a big one I wish more people would take advantage of. Yeah, that uh, is, I hardly think about that because like, I, one, we live in Swanson, so there's not, library isn't really far away, even if we were up that late. But uh, just like, it's, we're actually like in Omaha. Like, it, it, you don't think that you're actually in like one of the biggest, or the biggest city in Nebraska, like when you're on campus. But I mean, and that means like there's high homeless population and like could potentially dangerous stuff at 2 a.m. But uh, sure. yeah, it's, that's a pretty cool tool. Like you just don't really think about. Yeah. And I think, you know, next year, are you all moving on campus? Are you mm -hmm. going to McGloin or Kennefeg? Yeah, or? I, I'm in McGloin and then uh, Blake is in Davis. So we're still as on campus as we can get next year. So mm -hmm. sure. Which I'm excited about that. I think that on campus housing, like, the two that are on campus being in a central location is just mm -hmm. very yeah. big. I think but, something else that we do that um, a lot of people don't think of is, um, you know, jump starts. Um, we do a lot of those usually right after the first cold snap of the winter. Mm -hmm. uh, we get all kinds of calls from people whose batteries are dead, dead. You know, so we'll come out and jump start you. We'll reinflate a tire. Uh, we don't pop locks. We don't um, change tires for people unfortunately, uh, for liability reasons. I mean, mm -hmm. most of our, our officers know what they're doing, but we're not trained on that. That's not like actually part of our job. So yeah, it puts the university at risk. Yeah. I Does it have anything to do with the, uh, the shuttle? Do you guys do the shuttle as well? Or is that a different service? Uh, shuttles, shuttle services is part of my responsibility also. Okay. So you saw, we got the new shuttle buses this past uh, semester. Mm-hmm. So those are handicapped, uh, accessible, got a wheelchair lift in the back. Actually, you can put two wheelchairs side by side. Um, then we have a smaller vehicle that we can also do wheelchair lift in that one as well. J-Ride, you know, that's another mm -hmm. that service. Um, so what are some of the things that, uh, from the time that you came here a few years ago, when, when was your first year here again? Uh, this is my third year. I third finished. year? Okay. Yeah, uh, from the time that you came here three years ago to now, what are some of the uh, positive changes that you saw on your first year that you have changed for Creighton's campus in 2020? I think one of the biggest things 
that I, I look at as an accomplishment is something that you probably don't even know about unless you come to our building. And that's um, just the amount of video surveillance that we have uh, in place now. So I got here, we were like maybe 250 uh, in cameras. We had one monitor and it was probably smaller than your, your laptop. I mean, it was just <laughs> all screen. You could see one or two cameras. Um, and it really wasn't being used proactively. It was only used for research after the fact. So something bad happened, we would come back and, and run the video. Um, that's no way to exploit technology. If we got that kind of video coverage, you need to be using it proactively. So when we moved to our new building, which was uh, the first summer I was here, summer of 17, uh, we actually used that opportunity to really beef up the video. So um, we now have an entire video wall um, just to the left-hand side of where the dispatcher sits, plus two video uh, monitors right above the dispatcher. One of them is on TV, so we keep that on like the weather channel or local news. And then the other one is actually um, split up into a quad screen. And we have that one always at night on the uh, two underpasses, 20th and 24th Street going mm -hmm. to and Canifec. So that all at any given time, dispatcher just has to look up and right there is those underpasses. See somebody uh, hanging out underneath there that doesn't look right, we can send a patrol over to ask them to move along. Uh, but we're well over 350, actually probably are closing in on 500 cameras now. Uh, adding the new dental school added a ton of cameras. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, constantly looking for better ways to cover. So even like um, Dagelman Circle, we used to have a pan tilt zoom camera, which is pretty standard um, 90s technology. You know, mm -hmm. and it, you know, you can just like it says, you can pan, tilt, or zoom. Problem with that is if you're zoomed at a specific point, let's say I'm looking um, right at the Dagelman Circle and I'm zoomed in, then I can't see anything else that's going on around. So when I replaced the cameras uh, at Dagelman, I added uh, 270 degree cameras, multiple sensors. So if you picture on the south, excuse me, the northeast corner of Dagelman, now that cameras, sensors cover everything from right they're in the circle all the way wrapping around to the um, place where you wait for the bus and all the wow. way down to the dock. And so, you know, like for example, when we had the unfortunate incident this past summer when uh, two pedestrians were, were hit, I had great video. We actually, by the end of the day, we had given the video to Omaha police and they were able to arrest the guy by the end of the day because mm -hmm. we got crystal clear video of the entire incident. We were able to even back it up uh, and go down the street. We picked them up at Old Gym, um, the, the alley from the Old Gym. We have a camera there that has really good view of the um, 24th Street. So just the amount of video um, technology that we got in place and then how we can use it is really awesome. And we're solving so many more cases now that we would never have solved before. A lot of them are just, you know, they're minor to, in the big picture, you know, they're a door ding or somebody ran into um, you, you, I gotta say, some of y'all are pretty bad drivers. Uh, <laughs> we get a lot of you know people that just bumping into each other in the parking lot, and unfortunately, a lot of times hit and run. They they hit somebody in the parking lot. They back up. They look around. And they're like, all right, I'm out of here, and they and then they park like six stalls down. Uh, <laughs> so you know we were able to solve a lot more of those kind of things, which is you know it might be like I said, it's a small potato in the big picture, but. If it's your car that got hit and you're able yeah. to get that coverage, you know, it's, it feels good to uh, get that solved. 
And then we're able to also do a lot of, um, you know, keeping track of people. Um, you know, you mentioned some of the people experiencing homelessness. Most of them have no intent, ill intent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when they do, um, as soon as we get that call, the dispatcher is able to roll over there and almost always can can pull up the camera live and then direct the officers to get to the um, the scene very quickly. So it's really improved our ability to respond. We're not a big team. You know, a lot of times we only got three or four officers on the street. But if you can have that big eye in the sky where the dispatchers look and they say, hey, you know, 24th and Cass heading westbound, you know, and we're able to quickly respond and get people out there on scene to uh, take care of the incident. Yeah, so I, think, I have. Yeah, go ahead. I got, I got two things. Mm-hmm. One, next March Madness, Tiger and I will be in your video room. I think there's enough screens <laughs> to go around. And um, two, speaking of cases, so we were big on the, uh, the crime section in the Craytonian. Like right, right when we started the podcast, we were doing it close to where we had like a newspaper handy. Um, there was a case, my favorite, um, it just bewildered me, but it said there were ancient relics or not relics stolen from the church safe. Is that top secret or can you tell us a little bit about that or anything? Um, it's not top secret. Um, and, and I'm not Catholic, so I'm not really all that familiar with what is meant by a relic. Um, but there, there are old items of, um, not just historical value, but also of religious value. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately they were taken, um, from a safe. And, uh, I don't know that we'll ever crack that one. Um, the oh, area- really? we were hoping you found the guy. That's too bad. It yeah, was funny well, because that will be on, uh, um, a Fox news line, dateline show. I'm sure in 30 years, somebody will be caught. Yeah. I don't know. Like if they would be even something that you would take to a pawn shop, if, mm-hmm. if they would even have, um, serious financial value, I, I would think it would have to be a very specific person that would want to steal. Yeah. Something. Someone who's like knows Creighton, like I'm sure there were Creighton based type things too. Yeah. Indiana Jones, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's what we saw when it, when it was relics, it was like on the, <laughs> on the, the only time I've ever it was like relic. stolen Anything bike, relics. something else. And it's like relics. And we're like, wow, that's yeah. pretty sweet. <laughs> another question for you. Firing another one off in hearing to you talk uh, over this past year, it seems like, a lot of decisions in any company and in public safety come down to budget. If Father Hendrickson dropped you a billion dollars for the next year, what would your ideal public safety situation look like? What additions can we make to the campus? Billion dollars. A billion, um, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> so I'm putting a hot tub on the roof of pub safe. <laughs> no, um, I think the first thing would be um, getting more officers and being able to pay our officers a a better wage. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that's something that's um, every year we get to put in budget opportunity or requests. And that's one thing that I always really push for is taking care of my my team, uh, both getting them a better wage. And then I'd like, I'd like to have more uh, officers. I've never met a police chief that didn't say they needed more people. But, you know, for the size of our campus, I would really like to have a minimum of five officers on duty all the time, plus the supervisor and the dispatcher. Uh, I can't do that right now with 21 officers um, across the three shifts. Yeah, I'd like to have more more people and and pay them better. Um, I'd like a better parking system, and I ask for that every year. Um, Our program that we use is 
um, homemade database. And there's really a lot better parking management software available out in the market. Mm -hmm. And it would be, it would make it a lot easier for both the customer and for us to administer the program. There's a lot of manual um, things that we have to do back and forth. Um, I'd add some more LPRs. Uh, so license plate readers are, um, I think, a really good tool that I, I probably should have mentioned when we talked about things that we were able to add or improve since I got here. So we got license plate readers um, in a few key locations. And, and um, basically, you can put in a hot list. So, you know, I, I put in, you know, Tigers, your, your license plate's probably in there already, but um, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> We put in a license plate and it'll actually alert us whenever that vehicle passes through really? the field. Yeah. That's cool. So you know, we put in, um, I'll be honest, we put in people that have, you know, a couple hundred dollars worth of parking tickets. They're in there. And so if they pull into certain areas on our campus, we know it immediately and hopefully go meet them and, you know, encourage them to stop uh, donating cash to public safety. Um, <laughs> But uh, we also use it, you know, um, when we have some suspect vehicles, um, suspicious vehicles, we can put that in there. Um, there was a case this past spring where we had somebody that uh, we were watching for that person and uh, they ended up getting arrested somewhere else in the city. Uh, it was the person that was harassing uh, some female students, both at our campus and then down at uh, Duchesne, which is um, a private high school about a, a mile west of us. And they actually got him arrested later, but we had his license plate in the LPR. So if he showed up on campus, we would have been able to hook him up. Yeah, I've seen, um, I think an email directed me to it, but there's like the banned Creighton list. Because um, I think there, there must have been one this year. And uh, I clicked on that and there's just like a whole list of, seen like former, some, some even look like former professors that uh, maybe are barred from campus. But I, I saw that, like that's another good thing. Like, especially the email because just seeing a person cause people walk through campus all the time just because it's it's right there but yeah good to like know who to if there is a person of interest uh blake brought up like the emails that uh i mean we have received from uh public safety or from other uh places on campus can you talk about your uh the outreach that you guys have uh whether it be on twitter or uh the palm uh showcase that you do at the beginning of the year where you act like Tony Stark and you get up there and you bring the palm up. Uh, can you talk about that outreach and the importance of talking to students? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I ever compare myself to Iron Man, but, uh, <laughs> I, I do remember that presentation in the auditorium, right? Yeah. yeah. Welcome yeah. week. Okay. I was going to ask about that little tool, but, uh, yeah, go on, go on. Yeah. See you, see you survival, right? Um, mm -hmm. talk to every, everybody at that. Um, with varying levels of success, I'll add. Sometimes nothing goes right. I, I get like just deafening silence. And then <laughs> other, part, other times it's like people are engaged. So uh, hopefully I, I hit more of the second than the first. But, uh, oh, so outreach. Yeah, so um, hopefully uh, Tim Heron will come on the show sometime. Um, Tim's job is outreach. I mean, he is the community outreach officer. Um, and so he's done a lot of things like the um, uh, liaison officer where we have a, a public safety officer linked up with every residence hall uh, so that they spend time in the res halls uh, because we want students to know, you know, we are people. Um, we do yeah. have lives beyond, you know, writing tickets. 
In fact, for the most part, most people don't really like writing tickets. Um, a few of them do, but um, we'd rather not write tickets and we'd rather spend our time patrolling campus, getting to know you, um, because you're the reason, you're the top reason that we have a job. I mean, Creighton is for students and that's why we have a job is to protect you as students. Yes, we protect the faculty, staff, we protect the physical um, plant, you know, the actual infrastructure of the campus. But the number one reason we're there is to protect students. Sometimes we're protecting you from yourself. Um, you know, you get mm -hmm. yourself in a bad situation. Uh, maybe you drank yourself to the point where you are in medical danger. Then, yeah, we're going to help you out. But uh, the last thing we want is for everybody to just look at public safety as someone to avoid or, um, you know, that were the against you. Uh, we are for you. Um, that's why we are there. And so we want to get to know students and have them comfortable to come talk to us, uh, to trust us with um, whatever they need to need help with. Um, as far as the Palm, um, that was something I rolled out um, pretty much the first year I was here. Um, you look around campus, any campus in America, you see a lot of blue light emergency phones. Uh, which was great technology about the time I went to college, which was a long time ago. Um, that was the best they could do at that point. You know, you had, you could run to it you hit the button and now you're talking to a dispatcher. But if you think about it in a real situation, you know, if somebody's chasing you two, uh, first they gotta be really scary for you both to be running. But, uh, let's say you're running, you see the, the blue light, there it is. I'm going to run to the blue light. You hit the button. Well, now what? Are you going to wait yeah. there? You know, are you just going to hang out there and say, oh, excuse me, you can't, you can't assault me. Um, <laughs> like base, like base during tag. Yeah, yeah, it's like, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's like, yeah, I made it to base. So you, you're not going to stop there, though. So you start running. Well, when we respond, we respond to that phone because we know the call came from that phone. You're gone. So what good is it? You know, we know hmm. you guys are in trouble. We have no idea where you are. And today's technology, everybody's carrying a phone. I think it's, the last status, so I was like 99% of college students are carrying a smartphone. Um, let's take advantage of that technology. So with the Palm, the thing I chose about the Palm, or the reason I liked it better than some of the competing apps, is you don't actually have to handle your phone. You leave the phone, put it away. You're walking you know, home to Davis from the library at two in the morning. Um, you have the, the fob in your hand. And if something goes down, you hit it three times, and now you're talking to the dispatcher and we know mm -hmm. exactly where you are. We already know who you are, where you are. As soon as that alert pops up, even if you can't say a word to us, we know where you are and we can come help um, and respond to you. And if you're off campus, then it's just like dialing 911. But again, you're not handling your phone. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in a, in a pressure situation or even if it's just cold, you don't want to have to take off your glove, unlock your phone, you know, or agree to call for you you just hit the button and, and then you're talking through the device and getting the help you need. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. So I, I think um, that's an important thing, uh, an outreach. And we talked to uh, all the RAs and RDs at the beginning of the year and talked to them, actually demonstrate the palm uh, at dispatch. I do that to any group that comes to visit my building or even individuals. If you come to my building, I'm probably going to show you the, the cameras. And I'm going to show you how palm works just so you can have that confidence that, those, those pieces of technology are there to help you. Mm -hmm. yeah. And speaking about the RAs and uh, some of the student workers, how does the 
with the security of the individual residence halls, is there training that those uh, individuals have to go through to work at the front desk or what does that look like? Yeah, um, so ResLife does all the training for this, the uh, student staff, um, but part of that, they, they ask either Tim or myself to come talk or else they'll come down to us and we'll talk. So we talk about just the importance. I, I remind the desk receptionists that they are literally the front line of defense into your res hall. And if they're buzzing people in without checking IDs yeah. or you know, checking them in properly, um, it's very serious and, and people can get fired over that. Um, mm -hmm. you know, because it's important that they keep, because um, we don't have cameras on the floors. Um, you know, we don't have a camera on every floor of you know, Swanson Hall. So we expect that only people in Swanson are the people that are allowed to be there. And the only way that works is if the uh, desk receptionist is doing their job. And then we give them the list, uh, a, a shorter version of the list that you referred to earlier, Blake, the, mm -hmm. the ban and bar list. But theirs is a little more focused. And we just want to give them kind of like the top 10 or 15 faces that if this face shows up at your desk, you need to call public safety. Uh, we mm -hmm. don't expect them to remember 40 faces, but yeah. if you, you know, the most likely people, and, and in most cases, it's somebody who's been banned and barred, either, um, you know, maybe have a protective order against, um, against them from a student or a resident. Um, there's, you know, there are people that we expect might try to come into the res hall. And so we put them on the, on the desk there. They also have camera access uh, so they can look at the cameras for the building that they're working. Okay. Yeah. What would, what would you say the like not craziest and like a bad, like anything like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe like I saw this. Like what's the craziest, funniest thing like you've gotten a call for, like you've responded to or one of your officers has. Oh, we've had a lot of fun back calls. Um, we had, you know, we get bats every August, September is like, it seems like all the time. We stopped yeah. even putting them in the, uh, the newspaper because it was just like we had too like, much. yeah, we had just too many. It was like, yeah, Creighton Hall is full of bats. Um, Place is old. Yeah. Same way St. John's, all the old buildings that have nooks and crannies that you can get in there. I mean, mm -hmm. they're just looking for a place to live um, and they're eating bugs. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we had somewhere... Um, some of our guys are not as uh, brave around bats as others are. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of joking back and forth with certain officers about um, their fear of bats. But uh, yeah, it, first time I was like at Creighton and I heard we were on a bat call and I'm like, okay, what's bat stand for? I thought it was like some cool <laughs> act. And they're like, no, it's literally a bat. And I'm like, what are we doing? And they explain, you know, we just get the net and then we get the little plastic Tupperware and we catch them and put them in there and then they send them off to get tested for rabies. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Do you, have, do you have a, do you have a bat specialist? Maybe a bat uh, he knows a guy. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. The Pawn stars guy. Uh, yeah. I know a bat specialist. Yeah. Get the Batman. <laughs> I can't reveal the Batman's identity. No, okay. okay. Probably, smart. probably smart. We're, we're nearing our close here, but I, I want to talk about uh, the public safety Twitter account because I really, I do enjoy it. And I enjoy it I want to ask you What's about the, Twitter the public safety Twitter account. Yeah. Creighton DPS, I believe it's called. Okay. Uh, I want to make sure all your listeners, you know. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. A bit of okay. Plug okay. Right okay. Right. Hey, I got you. We'll, yeah, I got we'll you. throw it in there. Don't worry about it. We'll no, we'll, it we'll tag you. Okay. Uh, 
Can you walk me through the process? You might not be the best to answer this, but of Tim Heron making a uh, TikTok. <laughs> I have no idea how Tim does. I, I don't even know how to do a TikTok. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, I know Tim spent a lot of time on the one uh, <laughs> where you have on one side of the screen, the uh, people getting their, whether they got into some college or not. And, uh, and then you have Tim sitting there and he's, he takes a box of donuts and then he, he looks at it and he throws it away and then he starts <laughs> healthy. Um, yeah, he spent a lot of time kind of figuring that one out. But uh, That went under the uh, research and development budget um, for this year's. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, a whole box of donuts and a, a bag of strawberries. <laughs> okay, to finish out, I saw that on that same Twitter account, I saw that you guys are have a, just a little plug for you guys here, you have a April sexual awareness program that's going on on Zoom for the entirety of this month coming up. Is that right? Well, it's just part of the national um, okay. things that are going on nationally. Of course, we have, um, what, two weeks till take the night. I think it'll be, it's, yeah, it's the 23rd, I think. Yeah, April 23rd. So we've always been big supporters of Take Back the Night. Uh, it's going to be very different this year. Obviously, you guys have never seen it um, since this is your first year. But um, that's a really important event for the community uh, to talk about sexual violence mm -hmm. and um, to let people know they're not alone and that um, there are people that support them. There's a lot of people that are supporting them. Uh, but it's going to be very different this year because it's going to the virtual format. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, Mike. Yeah, thank I think you, we're Mike. right about the time that we want to be at. Uh, right. This was a very informative interview. It was fantastic mm -hmm. having you on. Do you have any closing remarks that you want to leave the people with? Any shout outs of your uh, Twitter account? Yeah, just follow us on Twitter at Creighton DPS. Um, it's a combination of funny and informative. Uh, sometimes it's real serious topics like we just talked about. Other times it's uh, Tim showing his creative side. Uh, <laughs> But definitely love to see more people follow. We put a lot of information out there, uh, retweet important announcements from around campus. Um, really miss seeing students, so it was great to uh, have you guys allow me to be on mm -hmm. your show. Um, it's it's a really weird time uh, not having students for the, so long. You know, we're used to a week at spring break, a few weeks in the summer to catch our breath. But um, yeah, we miss you guys. You know, that's why we we work where we work. Uh, we want to be part of your community and, and protect you guys and also get to know you and see you grow and, and develop. So we'll look forward to seeing you next fall. Yeah. yeah awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. We'll see you. Have a good one. Have a good one. Take care.